Hi, hello, how are you? My name is Elizabeth Dale, and for those of you that it's your first time here, I am a Cornish writer, blogger, and sometimes podcaster who has a bit of an obsession with local history. I just love to dig into the dark corners of Cornish history and bring into the light some of the lesser known treasures that there are lurking there. And for this first podcast of 2023. Happy New Year everyone. Um, It's going to be no different really. We're going to be looking at the story that I've discovered about some rather unusual goings on in a little village in Cornwall. So yes, there is a bit of a theme with these podcasts, isn't there? The weird and wonderful minutiae of Cornish history. But before we get into that, I'd just like to take the opportunity to just say a massive thank you to all of you for your ongoing support, both on my podcast and on my social media and, um, you know, for my writing on my blog. It really actually just means a, a massive amount to me. So, yeah, I just wanted to take the opportunity to say thank you. Um, and also to remind you, if you enjoy what I do, if you love listening to this podcast or you enjoy reading one of my blog posts, please just take a moment to like it, to comment and to share. Um, it really does does help to, to get this uh, content out there and it helps people to discover Cornwall, a Cornwall that we know and love beyond the, the beaches and the ice creams and the pasties. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but you know what I'm saying. And also, if you love what I do, please consider becoming a patron. Um, You can join up from as little as £3 a month. And I'm building up quite a collection of little articles over on there. There's some more personal posts, but there's also a lot of articles about Cornwall that I haven't published on my blog. So it's kind of exclusive, um, you know, articles for my patrons. So, yeah, I'd really love it if you would consider that. So all that being said, let's get on with today's story. And today we are going to the little village of Stythians. For those of you that don't know it, it is a quiet little place that is snuggled into countryside between Falmouth and Redruth. And during the summer of 1837, there were some strange goings on within the village. Before our modern benefit system came into play, there was something called the Poor Law, which was basically the Elizabethan Law of 1601, which placed the obligation of providing financial relief for those that were in poverty on the particular parish that they were living in. Now, many parish records actually record um, in great detail the money and assistance that was distributed to the particular poor in that area. And it's really uh, a fascinating insight into the lives of ordinary people. Um, What was provided for them uh, could be everything from shoes for their children to room and board in a workhouse for those that were particularly destitute. And this system was pretty much the same for around 200 years. So from 1601 right up until the 19th century. And it wasn't until about 1834 when there was a new 
Poor Law Report, which is associated with a man called Edwin Chadwick. And it was because of this report that this way of caring for the local community basically began to change. It was proposed that the burden be taken off the smaller parishes by combining them to make a kind of union of parishes which would be overseen by a board of guardians elected by the ratepayers. Now this meant that the small village workhouse for the poor and often elderly residents uh, would be closed and these people would then be moved to larger premises, perhaps miles away from their home village. And that wasn't the only change. Instead of providing relief for those who were in need within their own homes, so you could still remain in your own house, but you could go to the parish and you could say, I need help with this, and they would provide you with a small amount of money or perhaps just some food or some clothes. All of a sudden, if you needed help, you would have to enter the workhouse. And these, of course, were intentionally made pretty unpleasant for for the residents. Chadwick himself actually called them uninviting places of wholesome restraint. So men and women were often segregated from each other, meaning that husbands and wives, even mothers and their children could be separated. So obviously these changes were pretty unpopular. So understandably, the Poor Law Amendment Act of 1834, which the authorities and the wealthy seemed to see as just enforcing the virtues of hard work, caused a great deal of resentment, especially in the northern counties. But there were actually riots and protests all across the country. And there were some serious rumbles of discontent here in Cornwall too. And that is the subject of this episode. The really unlikely poor law riots in Stythians in August 1837. Now you might notice a little bit of a disparity in the dates there. So the Amendment Act came in in 1834, but the riots in Cornwall weren't until 1837. And that was because it took several years for these new regulations to basically trickle down to the rural villages in Cornwall. Um, And the local authorities started to introduce the, the, the changes in the summer of 1837. And it really didn't go down very well. Around the 26th of July 1837 in St Ives, when the overseers tried to move the local residents from the poorhouse to a new union workhouse in Penzance, they were attacked. A local newspaper wrote, quote, A mob assembled and assailed the guardians with missiles of various descriptions, obliging them to retreat to their homes for shelter tar barrels were set alight in the streets, end quote. And not only that, a crowd of protesters made an effigy, presumably of one of the officials, carried it through the streets before setting it alight and throwing it off a cliff. So I think it's safe to say that they weren't impressed. (laughs) There was another protest the following day, but eventually the transportation of these residents to Penzance, it did take place. The next month in Stythians, they were also preparing to move a group of paupers from their poorhouse in the village to a larger union workhouse in Illugan, which is nearly eight miles away. 
So on the 11th of August, by order of the Poor Law Guardians of the Red Roof Union, these poor residents of Stythians had all their belongings packed up and the overseers and their assistants arrived to take them to their new home in Luggan. But before they could even set off, a riot broke out. A crowd of around 200 women arrived at the poorhouse and refused to let the party of residents and the officials leave. According to the Royal Cornwall Gazette, there was, quote, a state of excitement throughout the parish of Stythians, which has rarely been witnessed. And the papers rather disparagingly called the riot a petticoat victory because it was women who were the ringleaders. And these women were led by, quote, an old weather-beaten female veteran, end quote. And these women made it very clear that they were not happy that the residents were being removed. And what we have to bear in mind that these poor houses were kind of, kind of our equivalent of a residential home today. It is likely that the people that were living in them still had family and friends in the village who just couldn't afford to support them. And they didn't want to see them moved miles away um, into new facilities that were proving so unpopular. And perhaps they could see their own futures too. You know, if we fall ill, if we fall on hard times, we're going to be removed from our communities and taken away somewhere far from our homes that we we know nothing about and we know no one there. But anyway, you have to try and imagine the scene. There is this little convoy of the overseers and the guardians and the paupers all ready to leave Stythians when a group of about 200 women apparently rushes from behind an embankment or a hedge and they block the path and they're all shouting and arguing with the overseers. And the man in charge was apparently rough handled by, quote, no very gentle sample of the female sex. The women surrounded him and held him prisoner in his own cart and then he was carried off in triumph to another part of the parish. Eventually the poor man was allowed to escape by the mob and the newspapers reported that the ladies themselves repaired victorious to a neighbouring beer shop to celebrate. So consequently, the paupers were not removed that day, but this was not the end of the story. The villagers of Stythians were very much afraid that if they didn't keep watch, the overseers were going to sneak back into the village and move the paupers away anyway when no one was looking. So the women began to patrol the streets, stopping anyone that they didn't recognise and basically keeping lookout for several days. On Wednesday the 17th of August the relieving officer arrived in the village. Now this poor man had only come to dish out the pauper's weekly allowance of money and bread as he usually did every single week but apparently he had missed the news as to what was actually going on in Stythians and so arrived with no clue as to what he was facing. So he was pretty shocked to see, according to the Royal Cornwall Gazette, quote, a large crowd of the lower orders, miners and their wives, parading about the parish, end quote. And unfortunately, this receiving officer became the focus of their anger, a sort of representative for the law that they were trying to oppose. So he too was attacked and pretty much sent packing from the village. Eventually, the Board of Guardians decided that something had to be done to restore the peace, and they decided to call a public meeting. 
Sir William Lemon of Car Clue was there, a very popular and trusted man in the district, as well as Reverend Sheepshanks, Canon Rogers and two members of the Ennis family, another important uh, well-known local family. So the meeting was held at Stithians on the 21st of August and during the proceedings the local people were assured that the paupers would be fairly treated in their new home. And they were also told that these rumours of forced separations of you know, husbands and wives were false and they wouldn't be happening. However, because feelings were still running so high, it was unanimously decided that the order of the removal of the paupers from the parish would be suspended until the situation could be looked into more closely. So the women of Stithians had won. Well, for the moment anyway. A few days after the meeting, at the beginning of September, the Royal Cornwall Gazette reported on the arrival at Falmouth of 100 soldiers from the 36th Regiment based in Plymouth. They had been brought in, according to the paper, to, quote, support the poor law authorities. It seems that the plan was basically to stamp out very quickly any further protest. It's also worth noting that the officials in Stithians, those that had attended the meeting and reassured the villagers that the paupers weren't going to be moved, they probably had their own reasons for siding with the protesters because unfortunately there is a financial element to this story. If the Stithians workhouse closed, the parish would no longer receive the £200 per annum in rent that they were paid for the use of the building. And not only that, the parish would actually be forced to pay a Luggan parish for housing their poor and, and feeding them. So it's not surprising really what happened next. On the 8th of September, the Royal Cornwall Gazette reported that a petition had been sent to the Poor Law Commissioners for England and Wales, and that this petition had been signed by 300 of the principal inhabitants and taxpayers of the parish of Stithians. It didn't work, however. The following week, a reply was printed in the paper and their request had been denied. The commissioners saw apparently no reason to make an exception in Stithian's case. But the reporter did write that he also understood that the local board of guardians had agreed that in order to keep the peace, the poor of the village of Stithians would be allowed to remain there for the foreseeable future, as long as a separate rate or tax, I guess, was paid for their maintenance. Now, how long this compromise went on for really isn't clear. I can't find any more about it um, in the records or in the local papers. But at least I feel like it was a small victory for that band of very angry women who took on the establishment to support their community in their little rural Cornish village. So I really hope you've enjoyed this little episode. I've got lots more ideas of other stories to tell you in the coming months. So I really hope that you will join me for those. 
And until then, there's, I think there's now 28 different episodes on this podcast now. So why not go back and have a listen to one of the ones that you might have missed? And that's it from me. Thank you so much for joining me today. And as I said at the beginning, thank you as always so much for your support. And I will speak to you very soon. Bye. Bye.